Amen. Well, I get the privilege. I think Pastor David must have felt sorry for me last week because of, of the glitches. And uh, so he gave me the opportunity not to do a, a repeat. Uh, this won't be a repeat of last week. Um, I really believe uh, God has put something on my heart. I really believe last week's message was um, a real important message. And that's why I want to encourage you to go back. They're literally 20, 25 minutes, and I want, I want you to go back and um, review Pastor Sean and uh, the message from last week. One thing before I get going on my message, Cleo, happy birthday. Yes, I know you're not necessarily where you want to be right now uh, with, with this whole situation, and you, you've had to come home early, but... Uh, we're glad we get to celebrate your birthday with you. So happy birthday, sweetie. And uh, all right, let's just open in a quick word of prayer. Holy Spirit, as, as the word goes out, as, you're, as the scriptures are read this morning, Holy Spirit, just quicken it to each heart that is listening. Let me be clear. Let me be your voice piece. And, and say what, you, what, is, what is critical at this time. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, these are challenging times. I, I, I don't know, you may be feeling, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're cooped up in the house and uh, things get stressful. Um, maybe you haven't, you know, a lot of people are off work right now, so finances are challenging. Business can be challenging. Um, being in the house with the same people for long periods of time can be challenging. Um, hopefully you're able to get out and do some fresh air, get some exercise, but in any event, it's challenging times. And uh, I wanna just start with um, 1 Corinthians chapter. I, I've got three passages that I'm not battling with. I, I'm hoping to get to all three of them but I've really just been reading these over the last month. Um, again, Pastor Sean went, read uh, from Ephesians chapter 6. I want to touch on that a little bit. But I want to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And it's Paul. And he says, When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of a man, but on the power of God. So verse 1 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul talks about him coming to Corinth. If you go to the book of Acts, chapter 18, this is Paul's missionary journey, and he goes through like five different cities, and in each city he's preaching Jesus Christ, and he's causing riots, he's causing people to be dragged in front of the, the church leaders and the city leaders, and, and he's just causing this uproar. Then he goes to Athens, very uh, intellectual, 
intellectual place and he preaches an amazing sermon. Then it says the next city he goes to is Corinth. So the backdrop to him coming to Corinth is this whole realm of, of rioting, of uh, stress, stress of speaking, being intellectual. And he comes and he's exhausted. He's exhausted. And he says, you know, I've experienced this whole range of different emotions, different styles, different experiences. And, and he, now he says, all I want is Jesus Christ. I only want to express Jesus Christ. And I, I do not want to use persuasive words and man's wisdom. But I want you to rest in the spirit. Rely on the spirit. Then verse six, he says, yet we do speak wisdom. There is a wisdom, but it's not an earthly wisdom. It's a wisdom among, we speak wisdom among those who are mature. He says, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. My first point today I want to emphasize is the wisdom of this world the rulers of this world, this age, they are passing away. Satan is losing his grip. He's losing his influence on those who will follow the spirit. Those who will pursue God, his influence, Satan's influence is fading away. Literally, the, it, it talks about, and for all you computer gamers out there, it talks about the overlord is losing his influence. Jesus overcame Satan. Jesus stripped Satan. It says that Jesus, when he was crucified, and we're coming up to Easter, so we can connect that to next week. Jesus, when he was crucified and buried, it says he went down and he stripped Satan of the keys of death and of hell. Not only that, then when he came back and visited with the disciples, he says to them, all authority has been given to me. All. All authority. Which means there is no other authority. Satan has lost his authority. And literally, Paul tells us here that he is fading away. He's losing his influence. His power, his authority has been stripped and I want to encourage you in light of all the challenges we are going through. You have power and authority to overcome whatever stress, whatever concerns, whatever worries. You have the power and the authority to come through this in a greater, more powerful position than three weeks ago when we started. And for some people, even longer. The world's authority, the rulers of this age's authority is fading. It's disappearing. But we, verse 7, we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Point number two. Satan brings things against us. 
Satan. John chapter 10, Jesus gives us Satan's job description. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. Satan comes and he brings things our ways, tries to drag us down, discourage us. Last week, we talked about Hezekiah and how the enemy came and tried to demoralize the people of Judah. And that is the tactic of Satan is to demoralize us, stress us out, create fear. But what what Paul is saying here is we can overcome and come out stronger to the point where Satan looks back and will say, what's going on here? I thought I was going to knock this guy out. I thought I was going to put him down for the count. I thought I was going to make him give up. I thought I would make him run in fear. We can come out stronger where we literally turn what the enemy meant for evil. We can come through it stronger, more powerful. And how do we do it? It's through the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 10. For to us, God reveals the mysteries and wisdom through the Spirit. And this morning, this morning, we have the Holy Spirit that empowers us, that gives us insight, that will strengthen us to the point where we will come out stronger, more powerful, and at a new level, new dimension. Because Satan wants to try to defeat us, but he's, he does things without an understanding of God's process. So I want to encourage you. The, the, the rulers of this age are fading and coming to nothing. And the wisdom of the spirit in our lives can overcome and cause the enemy's taxes to be of no effect. How do we get to that point? How? I want to go to 2 Corinthians we were just in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It talks about the fact that we have weapons of a warfare. We have weapons that God has given us that help us get through the challenging times. Right now, the, I know there's physical illness that comes along, but a greater majority of people are... are experiencing a mental stress. It weighs on the mind. The battle that Satan wages is, is over our mind, our will, our emotions to weigh, make us weary. Once you get us to a point where we're literally in survival mode, where we are isolated, where we get stressed out, fear, worry, and we, we hunker down and we go into survival mode. And I, I, I wrote this three or four step process. When we revert to, because of the stress, the worries, the concerns, and we revert to survival mode, survival mode literally drains us. All our energies are hoping we make it to the evening. Hopefully we make it through this day. We dread getting up in the morning. And sometimes I've been there. I don't want to get up in the morning. But survival mode drains us. Life 
the situations we face, because we're already down a notch or two in survival mode. Life drains us. And finally, as we get drained, weariness sets in. And that, again, that is the tactic of Satan. But those who wait on the Lord, pursue God. Those who make an intentional effort, an intentional process of getting closer to God, knowing him more, digging into his word, meditating on his word. If we will pursue and wait upon the Lord, he will renew our strength and we will come through any challenge we can come through stronger. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So first, I first want to look at the word weapons. It's literally furnishings of warfare. Furnishing. Think of a Think of yourself as an empty room and God now is putting furniture into your life. And those, that is what our weapons are. The weapons are the furniture of God that he gives to each one of us. How, for what reason? To combat, to, to move against, go in the opposite direction of where Satan wants our lives to go. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. The weapons that of our warfare that God gives us are to produce life, to produce the fruit of the Spirit, to be fruitful. The, these weapons, they're tools, they're instruments for us to wage a warfare. What I find interesting is it doesn't say the weapons of the battle. He says the weapons of our warfare. The word warfare literally means a, com a com campaign. It's not like the enemy tries to hit us once and, and disappears. And it's not like, on the other hand, it's not like our Christian life is just one battle. It's literally a process. It's a campaign. And we need wisdom. We need strategy. We need someone to guide and lead us, and that's the Holy Spirit. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, mighty through the Spirit, mighty through the Holy Ghost to overcome whatever, whatever is thrown against us. The, the passage from, from uh, Ephesians chapter 6 just turn there. I'm gonna, I'll just read it. You don't have to turn there. I know you all got your Bibles out. and It talks about the shield of faith. Now, Ephesians 6 talks about the armor of God. And some of the aspects of the armor are defensive and some are offensive. The shield is actually a defensive and it's an offensive. I don't know if... Um, if you've ever seen one of the old, the night and the, the movies, um, literally the shield can be defensive, but it's also an attacking. And here's what the shield of faith does. It quenches the fiery darts. The things that Satan wants to throw against us, throw at us, literally our faith, our faith can quench the fiery darts. And the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Spirit. I want, I want to read a couple passages because quite often the warfare, it boils down to faith or fear. Quite often people will say fight or fright, fight or flight. Warfare often boils down to where's our faith at? Beloved, Jude chapter, not Jude chapter one, but Jude 120. I say 120 because if I say Jude 20, you might go to the chapter 20 of Jude and there's no chapter 20. It's just one, one chapter in Jude and it's verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, how? Praying in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, as we've referred to earlier through Paul speaking, is when we pray in the spirit, when we pursue God, we build our faith. We literally build our shield. We literally build a defensive mechanism to quench the things that Satan wants to throw at us. And secondly, it then, this shield can be, our faith becomes an offensive weapon. That's one of our weapons of our warfare. Here, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Our faith is built through the word of God. That's another one of our weapons because the sword of the spirit is the word of God. Another weapon is our sword. The word of God helps us cut through the lies, cut through the deceptions, and builds in us our faith to move forward. Faith helps us combat fear. Fear is created through uncertainty. And if any time in my life that I've seen widespread fear, it's these particular days that we're experiencing right now. The fear factor, the panic, the uncertainty, the worries, the concern. If anything has created, we're in that moment right now. And the Holy Spirit, the word of God builds our faith. Not only is that a defensive mechanism that quenches the fear, but it also provides an offensive weapon of warfare where we can literally move forward with confidence that God is on our side. Another point in this 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it talks about our, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I wrote down a few things about the fact not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not governed by human nature. If, if human nature governed, fear would take over, worry and stress, those would all take over. But our weapons are not governed by our human nature, nor are they governed by the natural senses. If if our weaponry was governed by our natural senses, fear, again, would take over. What we see around us, the layoffs, the, the downturn, potential recession, all those things, that would take over. But our weapons of our warfare are not based on our natural senses. If they were based on our human senses, our human nature and our natural senses, they would literally be limited. But because they are based on the Holy Spirit and they're mighty through God, they're literally unlimited resources. And that's what's available to you, unlimited. If our, 
If their weapons were carnal, we would walk by sight, by what we see. We would operate through the flesh and in the flesh. If our weapons were carnal, but our weaponry are mighty through God. They operate through the spiritual realm. Again, carnal represents being seated in weakness and depravity. And our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not seated in weakness. They're weak. They're, are, they're seated in strength. They are seated in authority. That is the basis from which we operate. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but the opposite. The word but literally represents a contrast. Rather than being seated in human nature, being limited in their resources, operating in the flesh, being seated in depravity and weakness, rather our weapons are governed by the Spirit of God. When we operate, when we build our faith, when we operate through prayer, when we operate through God's word, we are literally walking and operating in the spirit of God and our weapons of our warfare become mighty they, because they are governed by the Holy Spirit. Unlimited in power and resources because they are seated, fixed, in God, our weapons are literally weapons of the Holy Spirit. They operate by faith. Last week, I talked about how by faith, by faith, the men of old received a good report. By faith, we understand. When we operate in faith, we don't see what's going on around us, although we natural eyes may see it. We literally operate through the Holy Spirit, and we see through God's perspective. Literally, the weapons of our warfare are seated in truth. They're seated in perfection. They're seated in absolute wisdom. They're seated in absolute strength. That is where the weapons of our warfare are seated, in God himself, in the Holy Spirit. And literally, they are eternal, not temporal. The weapons of our warfare, they are mighty. And they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Fear can become a stronghold. In these, in these challenging times that, we, that we're facing right now, we can, we see people around us that are just gripped by fear. They're gripped by uncertainty. I was talking, I received a message from Pastor David yesterday. The opportunities that he has had to pray with people because times are uncertain. We, we have opportunities in front. I, I want to just actually read this in, in as we just wind down here. God is not the author of the crisis that's happening. 
I want to make that very clear. God, throughout his word, talks about the fact that he's not the author of confusion. He's not the author of chaos. He's not the author of death. Romans says that by one man, sin entered. And that man was Adam. Adam brought sin. And through sin, death. God is not the author but rather God is the solution. Sometimes the world, sometimes good Christian people get the job descriptions mixed up between Satan and, and God. God has the solution. He's not the author of the crisis. He's the solution to the crisis. I was thinking about Jesus when he, he said, my father is always at work. Jesus was standing in Israel at that moment in time that had been overcome, overruled by the Romans. There was crisis going on. There was uncertainty. They were being taxed. They were being um, afflicted. They were being burdened by the Romans. Jesus said, my father's always working. Today, God is working. God we have the privilege of being God's instruments at this time. And we do it through the weapons of the warfare, of warfare that God has given to us. The weapons of our warfare. Maybe you are the person that is going to bring a solution to somebody. Maybe you are going to be the word of encouragement. Maybe you are going to be the word of hope that somebody needs at this particular time. Because right now, fear is gripping people. Uncertainty. People are being demoralized. They're being stressed out. But you have the weapons through the Holy Spirit to bring hope, to bring life, to bring peace. It's through you, we as ambassadors of God, as, as co-laborers with Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity to be a light at this moment in time. And I think back to the words of Pastor Sean from two weeks ago. Maybe it was for this moment that you were born. Maybe it's for this moment that you were placed here in Abbotsford, to meet up with, connect with someone who has lost hope, who is gripped and paralyzed by fear. Maybe it is for this moment. Maybe it's this moment that God is looking for someone to be a vessel, to be an instrument for him to bring hope and life. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not based on what we're seeing happening right now. But our, the weapons of our warfare, they are mighty through God, through the Holy Spirit, to pull down and tear down strongholds, to flip what the enemy meant for evil. Flip it, turn it on its head, and bring good, bring hope, bring life. This, this week... This week, I want you to take some time to think about the weapons of your warfare that God has given to you. Sometimes, you know, they can be different um, in different people, different strengths. Not that all the weapons are different, but we have different strengths. I was reminded of the story of David when he went to take Saul's weapons to go after Goliath. And he tried it on 
and it didn't work for him. He said, no, I want my stones, I want my sling. And all of us are, have different strengths. Some encourage, some of us pray, some of us can minister and evangelize, some of us good works. We all have different strengths. We all have weapons that have different levels of, of strength. But I wanna encourage you this week, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Discover, discover this week what weapon God has placed in you, what furniture he has furnished in your life to bring hope and to bring life, to bring healing to our city. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now for everyone that is listening that they will take time to pursue you. We can get lost in, in the stress of the days ahead, in the moments of crisis. We can get lost and distracted. But Heavenly Father, help us to turn our eyes to you. Look unto Jesus, the author, not of death, the author of our faith the author, the finisher of our faith. Help us, Lord, help us to meditate on your word. Help us to take time to commune with you, to pray in the spirit. Connect with the Holy Spirit. Help us to take that time to wait upon the Lord, to renew our strength so that we can be a light, that we can be a beacon of hope, that we can encourage somebody this week. Help us to have our eyes open this week to bring hope to someone who just seems and feels hopeless. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I just want to refer back again to Numbers chapter 6. The blessing that Moses instructed Aaron and the priest to give the people. I want to just speak that one more time. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus. Amen.